If you're affected by anything discussed on this podcast or you just want to talk, please reach out to someone for help and support. You can also reach out to Man Blues via email at manblues at gmx.com, at manbluesuk on Twitter, or find us on Mastodon by searching for at manblues. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs. This is Man Blues. This week's show is about embellishing. Okay, so embellishing or exaggerating stories. I don't think it really needs explaining, to be fair, because we've all done it. So I got the idea for this episode because I used to watch a television series in the 90s in the UK called Men Behaving Badly. The main protagonist had a girlfriend who was angry with the fact that the main protagonist was always embellishing his stories. And uh, the guy's flatmate was talking to the guy's girlfriend and the, the flatmate basically said something along the lines of, he does like to exaggerate his stories. And the girlfriend replied with, yes, as in exaggerating through his teeth, the exaggerating so-and-so. So what do I mean by embellishing? Well, we all have these little anecdotes and these stories about things that we've seen and things that we've done and all these little things that have happened in our lives. But we like to add certain spicy details to amend the story to better suit whatever narrative or point we're trying to make. I'm sure we've all done it because it's kind of that thing of you don't want to look foolish in front of other people when you're telling a simple story. This is what I don't mean. This, I'm very specific about what I mean about embellishment in this episode. I'm, I'm talking particularly about those little things where you add detail to spice it up, not where you add detail for the sake of it. For example, what I'm not talking about is I'm not talking about, oh, it took me a million hours to win that computer game, which in reality was maybe three hours. It took me 50,000 goes to beat that level, eh, maybe 20. It cost me a lifetime salary to buy that item. In reality, you maybe saved money for three months. Or I was stuck in traffic for hours. Reality, 25 minutes. That's not what I mean. I do have an example from my private life of where I embellished the story. So, here's the story in its truth, as I remember it. I'm in a nightclub, I'm 22, 23 years old, and it was that nightclub in town where girls were allowed in, as in young girls, underage, like 16, 17, 18 year old girls were allowed in because the door staff didn't care. So it was the end of the night for me, I was tired, I was already a bit drunk and I didn't fancy standing on the dance floor making a fool of myself, so I went and sat at the chairs at the back end of the wall. And as I walked over I saw a girl sat up on the chairs and a friend of hers slumped over on one side. So the girl started talking to me just basically because I think she was just bored of the fact that her friend had passed out, you know, had too much to drink and was passed out on the chairs and she didn't know what to do. So she was looking after her friend, started talking to me. The conversation wasn't very long. It was like, hi, who are you? What's your name? What are you doing here? That sort of thing. I remember her being young. I remember her being quite pretty. And I remember her having long, dark hair, right? Those are the facts. However, when I'm retelling that story, depending upon my audience... If I'm looking for pity, the embellishment I add to it is she was the only person who's ever chatted me up in my life. I've got no evidence that this girl was chatting me up. Bear in mind, I was 22, 23 and she told me she was 16. And I've certainly got more moral fiber than to take home a 16-year-old girl who may be slightly inebriated. 
If I want any kudos, for example, when telling this story, I tell people, oh, I've been chatted up by someone. If I want praise, I'll tell people that I helped a drunk girl with her friend, with her drunk friend, to be fair. As I say, I don't remember anything particularly about the girl and her friend other than they were both way too young for me and the girl I spoke to had dark hair. And as I said, she was pretty. But is that misremembered because I don't want people to think that I was chatted up by an ugly girl? And bear in mind, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I remember her being an attractive young girl and I do specifically remember her being far too young for me. That's my story. But as I say, those little embellishments creep in when there's a narrative going on in that conversation area and I go, oh, I've got a story that matches that and I add that little detail. That's a safe story for me to exaggerate on because there was only me there. No one else was around, no other friends were about, so I can exaggerate that story as much as I like because no one else can corroborate or deny the details. But a counter example I've got, uh, this is a story where something terrible happened to me and I don't embellish any detail when I tell the story because it in and of itself is a fascinating story. It's about a time I got into a fight when I was at university, by which I mean a fight happened around me. Guy swings a punch, guy tries to headbutt, that sort of thing. Without going into the full detail of that story because it will take me a long time to tell because there's a long build up, there's a long bit of action in the middle and then there's a long tailing off period. The tailing off bit was one of the guys was trying to rip my jacket, trying to stop me from walking away and tear my jacket off. As he was pulling up my jacket and my clothes, I turned around, grabbed my coat and stared him down and basically told him to stop in less delicate language. Now, this, the embellishment I add to that story is, as I turned around and told him to stop, he did actually let go and run away. That was the truth. But the embellishment was that I must have looked so fierce and ferocious that he realised that was it. He pushed it too far. He was now going to come in for some because the look on my face and the tone of my voice was kind of like, go on, try it, because I will finish you. That's the embellishment. That's the flavour and the colour that I've added to it. That, again, is a safe embellishment for me to add, because even though other people were around in that story, friends of mine who were there, the other friend of mine who could have corroborated or denied that part of the story was far enough away that he had no idea what I'd said and what had gone on. So I can add that little story, that little detail to it. I genuinely doubt that in that moment that chap had the wherewithal to interpret my reaction and my anger. I genuinely don't think he realised I'd snapped because he was drunk, we were coming home from somewhere else. All of the detail you don't have. But that, I'm, I'm telling the story that I turned around, grabbed my coat off him and basically just gave him this look, of this deathly look of like, go on, do it and I'll finish you. No one can corroborate that. No one can deny it. But all the other facts are irrefutable. So I started to wonder, why do people embellish their stories? What's the point behind it? What are you trying to achieve? Why are you tweaking your own narrative of your own stories? What's the, what's the reasoning? So we did some research. And one of the things that I saw quite quickly was that exaggerated stories can cultivate closeness. Recent studies have suggested that shared stories can warm listeners up to storytellers even when there's a reason to think that an account is somewhat embellished. But that's interesting, because that suggests that even though I know someone isn't necessarily being truthful about what's happening in that story, it can warm me up to them as a storyteller. The other problem is, it, and this is something I'm realising an awful lot as I'm working on this podcast, when I start doing this research, 
one of the frequent questions that comes up, and it comes up no matter what the subject is, there's always the question, is it normal? I don't want to get bogged down into a whole definition of what normal is, but I do understand where that question is coming from. Is it normal to embellish your stories? Well, it says here, we've all been tempted to embellish a story here and there, adding details to suit that narrative or argument, and that's totally normal. And some exaggeration actually makes a good deal of sense. But here's the annoying bit. I googled in the search bar, I literally typed in, why do people embellish their stories? One site came up with this title that says, the reason why some guys always exaggerate their stories. Now I wrote the word people, and this website came back with guys. So I was like, okay, I'll bite, I'll have a look, you know, despite this proving the whole point about man blues and how difficult it is to be a man in the modern world because even the internet judges you when you ask it a simple question. Just a quick sidebar, by the way, isn't it fun when you read a definition to something and you have to use a dictionary to understand the text? So are you embellishing the truth because the truth is more boring and you don't want to exhibit that to any friends or an audience? And also, does embellishing make me or you a narcissist? So the definition of a narcissist is a person who has an excessive interest in or admiration of themselves. Well, isn't embellishment a form of self-adoration? As in, look at me, listen to how cool, or hard done by, etc. I am, huh? The thing with embellishment is, it kind of feels as though it needs to happen. I have lots of stories, as I'm sure as a regular listener to the podcast you can attest to, but these stories I try to keep as close to the truth as possible on the podcast, because this could be a potential global audience, and in that potential global audience could be the listener who was there when that story happened. For example, in the pregnancy episode where I was talking about my wife's boob hitting me in the face while she was turning over in the bed, she's got no memory of that. I found that out the other day because I was talking about it to my wife and my son telling them the story and she laughed her head off and had no memory of it whatsoever. I don't now remember if it was true or if it was something we discussed. Genuinely. I've told that story in a podcast episode that my wife rolled over and her boob hit me in the face and woke me up. But I don't know if that's true. She had no memory of it, but then why would she? Because, you know, she was asleep, she rolled over, her boob hit me in the face. But then I'm thinking, what well, did it actually happen? And this is the problem with embellishing, because I've told that story for a long time, and I don't remember adding that detail just for the sake of it being funny. But it is a funny story, but is it true? And that's the bit that I can't now. I just don't know if that story was actually true. And that's when I think, interesting. Why would I have thought to add that detail, then allow that detail to become truth? Because my son was born 19 years ago. So that story will have happened 19 and a half years ago, something along those lines. But now it's so embedded in my brain as being a true story that I don't remember whether I added that little embellishment at the time to make people around a pub table laugh. I don't know. And that's what's really interesting about this. So I looked into the positivity of it, as always, as we do here on Man Blues. We like to give you some positivity about it, just in case you are concerned about embellishing your stories. So the consensus on the internet seems to be that it's perfectly reasonable to embellish your stories. It's a way of adding spice to what may be perceived as an otherwise boring story. But don't forget, boring is subjective and is at the mercy of the audience. This episode of the podcast might be boring. 
There's nothing I can do about that because I have no influence over how this comes across. Storytelling is quite a skill, and keeping the audience hanging off your every word is even more difficult. But is that what you want, or are you just trying to be heard? The best thing to recommend is to simply ask yourself, why did you add that detail, or why did you change that detail? What was the reasoning behind that? What impact did changing that detail have on your story with that audience in that scenario? Because those are the things that affect the factoring of that story or the refactoring of that story. If you're in a pub and you're trying to make your mates laugh, then yeah, she rolled over and the boob hit you in the face. If you're trying to make a point about how big and scary your wife's body got during pregnancy, yeah, she rolled over and the boob hit you in the face. If you're trying to make your wife laugh, you can tell her that she rolled over and her boob hit you in the face. But is the boob hitting me in the face a true element to that story at all? Did it even happen? If she doesn't remember, there's every chance that I didn't tell her at the time. And if I didn't tell her at the time, it didn't happen. Because I'm the sort of person who would have woken up that morning and gone, do you know what woke me up in the middle of the night? You rolled over and your boob slapped me in the face. So now I'm genuinely trying to think about whether or not it happened. And guess what? I've got no chance of proving that. And keep in mind, when you're doing these embellishments, the more of them that you add in the heat of the moment, the more of them you have to remember the next time you tell a story. There's a great film out there called uh, Spy Game with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. And there's a bit where Brad Pitt is being trained to be a sort of a CIA operative and work in the Secret Service and so on. And Brad Pitt basically has to go and solicit information from this woman. He goes off, speaks to this woman and comes back and Robert Redford then assesses it and basically says, you've told that woman three things now. You've told her this, this and this. And he said, if she were an asset, you now need to have those three things be true. And that's the part of embellishing stories that makes it more difficult because if you've got, if you add more things to your story while you're telling it, the next time you tell that story, those things have to be there. If they're not, and you've got someone else in the audience who was, who's heard the story before, they're going to say, well, hang on a minute, didn't you say such and such? And then you lose credibility. It's very difficult, and I'm a, I suffer from this as much as anyone else, hence it's an episode of the podcast, and it's the, it's a subject that we're talking about. Because I do embellish my stories, I know I do. I 100% know that I'm adding spice to my stories, I know I am. But the fact is, I understand why I'm doing it at the time I'm doing it, and I'm very conscious of my audience, and it is usually to follow that particular narrative that someone has at that moment. There'll be some conversation that's going on, and a subject will arise, and I'll say, ah, do you remember that time when? And then I'll tell my story. My story will fit whatever is going on in that particular conversation. And the thing is, when I embellish, and as I say, I do embellish, I can hear my inner voice telling me, be careful, check the audience, to see if anyone here has heard it before or was there. And if they were there, you've got to stick to the truth that that person knows. So it's basically, I mean, I, one of the links I saw on the internet was uh, along the lines of, is embellishment or exaggeration a form of lying? And you think, well, it is, but it's a form of lying that's added to a truth. So I found a few websites, obviously, and uh, I'm going to pin one in the in the blurb for this episode that was actually from the uh, menshealth.com website, which was talking about how to tell a better story, because this taps into the whole thing of that your concerns about your stories are that they might be boring and you're trying to make yourself look better or worse. I mean, it's the old classic where everybody has that one friend in the friend group or knows a person like this, where when, when you tell that person you've been to Tenerife, 
they reply they've been to 11 Arif. That's the old classic joke, 10 Arif, 11 Arif, they've done one better than you. They've had it worse, they've had it harder, they've had it more expensive, they've got it cheaper, they've got it for longer, they've got it for shorter, it didn't last as long, it lasted years, that sort of stuff. Somebody always has to one-up you and be better than you. And that's where this embellishing comes from. There was someone I used to work with and I brought in a coffee machine and my coffee machine cost me 35 UK pounds, okay? 35 pounds sterling, that's what it cost. The very next day, this person at work was telling me how they've bought a coffee machine off eBay and they've paid £2,000 for it. Now, of course, my coffee machine was literally just a glass jug, a filter, that's all it was. It was just making filtered coffee, no problem. But this £2,000 machine that my colleague had bought was obviously some sort of barista thing because that is the next level of one-upmanship because my thought at that time was, why on earth are you buying a £2,000 coffee machine? What does it do that mine doesn't? And then I realized, oh, it'll do the whole frothing, the steam, you name it. They've essentially bought something straight out of Starbucks. Great. But then I thought, why is that a story? Why does that have to be a thing? Why did you feel defeated by my pathetic little story of look at my 35 pound sterling coffee machine? And I think that person needs to reevaluate the way they look at life because what was the sense in trying to beat me, but beat me so heavily that I didn't even feel any humiliation because I was just like, I think you're the loser in this scenario because you've paid £2,000 for a coffee machine when you could have had one for 35 So I'm Leon Deggs, and one time I caught a fish that was this big. And I don't even like fishing, so I must be amazing at fishing. And I'm certainly better at it than you. Etc, etc, etc. Thank you for listening. <laughs>